It was a different world. It was 1992 in New York City, and I was right out of college living in a crappy apartment in East Village, 11th and A. So crappy, the front door window was spray-painted, and the buzzer didn't work, so anyone visiting would have to call from the payphone at the bodega across the street, so I would know to come down to let them in. It wasn't quite the musical rent, but it wasn't Dynasty either. I was a creative assistant at FCB Katz Partners in Midtown. FCB LKP was one of the biggest, though probably not one of the best, ad agencies in the city. We did advertising for big brands, though, like Avon, Rayovac Batteries, Winston Cigarettes, and my favorite, Nabisco Cookies. I loved being an assistant, working for six semi-famous creative directors, including the woman who wrote the line for Pantene, Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. You write a line like that, it's how you're introduced the rest of your life. What I wanted to be, of course, was a copywriter, a true ad man. All around me on the floor were copywriters, art directors, creative directors, designers. It was a community of creative people in business. I wanted in. The way to do it, though, was clear. The first was to have a good book. And by book, I mean a portfolio of good ads. The ads could be fake if you were young, but they had to be good, brilliant, clever, sometimes even hilarious. Your book showed the world how you thought and how you solved problems for brands. Your resume didn't matter. Your grade point average in college didn't matter. Your book is what mattered. The second thing that mattered was the opportunity, a job. And a job only happened three ways. One, someone is fired for poor performance or behavior, such as having sex in the conference room and getting caught on tape. Someone did and was. Two, someone leaves for a job at another firm, usually a bigger title and salary. This happens all the time. Or three, new business with buckets of money comes rolling in, requiring more hands in all departments. Now for all of us in the community of ambitious young copywriters and art directors, the book and the job opportunity both led through one single place, through the Grand Central Station for advertising, and through one pair of hands, creative recruiters. I know people call recruiters headhunters, but to me they were far more than that. They were the all-powerful people who knew all-powerful people. The grand arms, the wise folks, the elder siblings. They who knew how the world worked and all the important people who ran it. For a commission on your first year earnings, if they liked your work and believed in you, they would send your book over to the right people. And the Grand Central of Grand Central of Advertising in New York City at that time was Greenberg Kirschenbaum. Run by Lori Greenberg and Susan Kirschenbaum, Greenberg Kirschenbaum's office was on Broadway in the Flatiron District. I remember it more for the lobby where you would wait to see a recruiter. The aesthetic was shabby chic with a white comfy couch and expensive coffee table of art books. My boss had referred me into Greenberg Kirschenbaum in the first place, and I remember feeling welcome there. And I went through several different recruiters over the years, many of whom set up their own businesses after that, and who I followed. Anyway, I went on and had a 20-year career in advertising, and at some point, I became not the one whose portfolio was being sent around by recruiters like Greenberg Christianbaum, but the one asking for books to be sent over by people they liked. I became the hiring creative director. Time passes. Lives change. You know mine, Brian sure did. We left the city, first part-time, then full-on. And then I think it was early in the pandemic, and where I often am during off hours, on Tivoli Neighbors Facebook group, and scrolling past mention of a lost cat and yet another water outage in the village, there was that name, one I hadn't seen in 30 plus years, 
Lori Greenberg. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Cityit, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 57, Contain Yourself. Back in episode 40, I talked about the five types of community. Interest, action, practice, circumstance, and place. Interest is a hobby, like the Tivoli Running Club that Brian's in. Action is a group bringing change, like the Red Hook Host Alliance I joined, who are pushing back against draconian regulations on short-term rentals in our town. Circumstance is more ad hoc when you're brought together by an outside event. Place, place is about geography. And the fifth is community of practice, which can be your profession. I did a deep dive into this in episode 46, talking about co-working and places like Bangle Works in Stanfordville, New York. For me, I've always loved and been a part of creative communities, like in advertising, but also among writers. So I was pretty excited to not only get back in touch with a creative recruiter like Lori Greenberg, who ran the recruiting shop of recruiting shops, but also to drive over and see firsthand the Container House, this amazing, not just house, but practically a campus in Tivoli, New York. The best place to see pictures of it is on Instagram. The handle is at thecontainerhouse.tivoli. In addition to speaking to Lori, I also spoke to Sarah Goldberg, who works with her, and they invited me and Brian and our new friends Mark and Lori to an outdoor party they were having the following week, which of course we all went to. The creative community that Lori's building is what I think we can all admire, and if we can get through this pandemic in one piece, we're all going to want and need even more. I'm excited for you to hear from her and then from Sarah. I asked both of them to talk about the Container House and, of course, their favorite spots in the Hudson Valley. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you? It's so great to be back in touch after like 20 to 30 years. Isn't that crazy? I know it's a long time. It's a different chapter. Thank you for having me. So I I know why I moved to Tivoli. What prompted you to move up here? I always wanted to live in a huge city and a tiny town. And after living in New York City for 35 years, I figured the future was here and it was time to get going. And I also wanted to live in a, an intentional community. I wanted to build an intentional community. So the question was where? And I looked, I thought of a lot of things, a lot of places. And you know, if I thought about going somewhere with better weather, my friends were not going to be there. So, you know, I started investigating and spending a lot of time a couple of summers ago in the Hudson Valley, and I ended up falling in love with Tivoli. For me, number one, Tivoli was in the Hudson Valley, but 30 minutes to anywhere, you know, and anywhere being in Hudson, you can be in Catskill, you can be in Woodstock. So I love that. And and I love the main street. That's really what attracted me was the main street. I love Hotel Tivoli in the corner. I love the energy and the design and the color and the bar and the wonderful chandelier. That made a big difference. The Italian restaurant, Giabata, was amazing. And I love that in a, in a tiny town with such a small main street, it had so much to offer. And did you know anyone here when you moved here? No. Wow. That's brave. 
It's very brave. I think back now, what was I doing? But it, it's very brave. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for the first couple of years, and it has been COVID, I sort of have imported my friends up. And now I would say it's a mix. A lot of people have moved up from the, from the city, as you know. So I have plenty of people I know now, but people still come up. You and I have both been in the advertising industry for, for a long time. I didn't realize how many people were up here from my old world. I kept discovering them. I think I found you on Facebook. I mean, that's how it yeah. just bumped yeah. into people. Yeah. And it was wild to me to think that I was like, why are you in Tivoli? You know, <laughs> it was crazy. I met somebody the other day and he said he, you know, and I told him I lived in Tivoli and he said, I live there too. It's like, what? You know, you lived in Tivoli? He said, yeah. And I, it was, it was interesting to find out how many people knew about Tivoli, how many people had been there. And I guess a big reason for that is Bard. And that's a big reason that I'm there too, because I love the energy and the creativity of a college town. I always wanted to live in a college town. And while some people don't consider Tivoli a college town, I do. And I, and I love it for that. I love all the culture that, the culture that goes on in the Hudson Valley and at Bard was very compelling to me. And what about the house? I mean, you, what you bought is called the container house, which is actually multiple, multiple containers I've, I've seen. I'd be curious about how you stumbled across that and, and what, why you chose that. So when I was looking in Tivoli, as you know, it's tiny. And there were a few prerequisites of a property I was going to buy. One was over five acres or, or around there close to town so I could walk to town. And the other one was I really wanted a modern house, which is, you know, like me living in Park Slope and wanting a modern house. It doesn't, you know, right, it doesn't right. there's very few. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, okay, I looked, I tried going home, not going to happen. And my broker called me when this house went on the market. I did not, I had never seen a container house. It wasn't my dream to buy a container house, but it was modern. And I went to see it and I just fell in love with it. it. It's very, very quirky. It's like being in a playhouse. And I had also always wanted to live in a loft and it's very loft-like. I loved the design and the fact that it was, you know, funky was okay. One thing I love about it, well, the, mostly the design and the thought that was put into it, but also I love that it's different. Nobody's going to have a house like mine. Yeah, it's really, no, it's really unique. Do you know much about the, what the architect intended? So Arno Cornelian was the designer, architect, and builder. From what I know, I'm sure he had help, but it was his dream. He had had a serious illness and he had been a high-end painter. And this, this house was his dream and he wanted it to be sustainable 65% or something, you know, was re reused products. And, and although it couldn't all be, he wanted to close the loop as much as he could. And uh, he is a really interesting person. He still lives in the area and the building, I would change a lot of things, but the design, I would not change one thing. Mm -hmm. I love his design. I love the art he makes. I'm a huge fan of his. And I also love that Although he's not living there anymore, he still designs for the house. He designed the, the sauna, which is really whimsical and fun. And he gives me advice. And when I go to make changes on the house, I always sort of say, what would Arno do? Because I want to keep the house 
going the same way it was intended. So when he walks in and he says he likes something that makes me feel good and, you know, he's also around and involved and that's a big draw. What, so what's your plan for it? Is this going to be just like a, a quiet private home with you walking around containers? No, that is not what I intended. It's a, it's seven containers and I do not need Oh, that. it's seven. Oh it's my God. Seven containers, seven containers. I really wanted to create a community of like-minded people. That's why I wanted such a big property. I want a place where people can come together and create, whether it be music, sculpture, writing, art. I want it to be an experiential place where people make interesting things and have wonderful conversations. And for lack of a better word, I want it to be a small cultural center, which is inspired by nature and and good design. I'm a big fan of good design, love the nature, love that across the street I have Tivoli Bays and that you can go hiking and bike riding and, and all that stuff. So it's really meant for people to come and have an experience and the focus will be on artists and makers. So there's a pretty straight line between your background and the, your, your firm you led, which was kind of the, the center for all of us advertising creatives and with, with what you're doing now. Do you see, I mean, I assume you see that connection too. Yes. I mean, I was a recruiter for creative talent and all of those people, including yourself, advertising was a way to make money. And most of, most of you had other talents, whether it be writing or painting or whatever. So that world was always very interesting to me. And I loved working with creative people and I loved putting people together and seeing the result of it. Mm. So I think that translates into what I'm doing now, which is really trying to put interesting people together to start conversations and experience. And when people ask me about my house, I feel like I live in, in a piece of art. And who's helping you do the work to keep moving it forward? Somebody who worked a lot with Arno when he was building the house is Patrick Lazarus. And Patrick is amazing. And he is now building outhouses and sheds. And he and Arno have a very similar aesthetic. So as we speak, he's building a shed. I have no idea what it looks like. I have no idea what the design is. Um, but I know that it will be amazing and I trust him. And he's built two outhouses that to me, it's the same thing. They're like works of art. He had no plan or architectural design. He just gets what's on the property as much as he can. And he gets thing, you know, wood and things that are given to him. And he just creates things. And I love that. So I'm out of town. And when I go back, I will see what he built and I will love it. And when you say outhouses, you mean like to different kinds of outbuildings, not necessarily outhouses like bathrooms. No, I do mean bathrooms because oh. <laughs> I do mean bathrooms. I'm so proud of them. You, know, you have to see them. I do need bathrooms because when people and things are happening outside, I want people yeah. to be able to not have to tromp through the house. Wow, that's great. He, yeah, and he made two outhouses and they're the cutest things ever. So okay. that's that's really fun for me. And it's fun to have him involved because he is a local artist. He's lived in Tivoli his whole life. So it's also important to know people too, when you need something, I can't get an electrician, but he can. Right. So my contractor can't get an electrician, but he can. My brother-in-law 
suggested I ask every guest their favorite secret or not so secret spot in the Hudson Valley. What's what's your go to? I won't tell anyone. Well, I don't think mine is secret, but it was I think a lot of people know about it and, and a lot of people don't. But do you know Twin Lakes? Yes, in Elizaville. Yeah. So Twin Lakes is really my favorite spot because I'm a swimmer. I used to be a competitive swimmer. And so for me to be in the mountains without the ocean was hard. And I kept asking people for swimming holes, but the swimming holes were more like, you know, rocks and little waterfalls yep. and, and, and you couldn't really get in and swim. So when I found Elizaville and I saw, and I found those lakes, I was in heaven. I mean, I love those lakes being able to swim back and forth and, you know, it's not so crowded. And my other not so secret place, which I love is Catskill. I mean, every, there's so many fun things happening in Catskill yeah. and uh, the cryotherapy and the city at coffee shop, yep. Willows. I mean, every day there's more and more happening and there's a ton of energy there. So when I want something fun to do, I just go to Catskill and have a, have a fun experience. In addition to Patrick, also on Lori's team is Elise Kroll, who worked for Martha Stewart Living for years and is the interior designer. And there's also Sarah Goldberg, who went to Bard and now, among other things, manages their social and helps produce events. I spoke to Sarah about the Container House, what she does, and her connection to Tivoli. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's great to meet you. And thanks for welcoming me to the Container House. It's really cool. Yes. So how did you find Lori? I mean, I know her from 30 years ago when I was a little copywriter on the streets of New York. I'm also a little copywriter on the streets of formerly Kingston and now Red Hook. I met Lori about a year and a half ago. She and I met at a great time because I was working some not so happy jobs and She's given me this amazing opportunity with uh, sort of producing container house events and making things happen. And I'm loving it. So what, what do you think of the house? It's so unusual. I think it's amazing. I think it's really beautiful idea by Arno and blood, sweat and tears went into it by not just Arno, but the whole town and now Lori. And it's a place where I think a lot of personality is translated into the design. And I really admire that in a house. What kind of events do you see producing at the container house? Many different kinds <laughs> and with different objectives. We've been sort of in the music arena of bringing local bands, thanks to Patrick Lazarus, who is a third generation to Volian. And He's grown up knowing a lot of the groups around Tivoli and Red Hook and has brought them in. And we want to expand into a lot of different areas, but retreats of all kinds, writers retreats, fitness retreats, social justice retreats. It's a place where I just like to bring people in and see what ideas they have and if the container house can be a canvas for them in any way. I think also incorporating the stage as much as we can is really amazing because Patrick Lazarus just created this beautiful amphitheater from scrap wood 
and everything is repurposed. The containers are repurposed. The wood is repurposed and we have seating thanks to, you know, Patrick being out there with a chainsaw. Tell me about your relationship with Red Hook and, and Tivoli. I grew up in Washington, DC and I ended up falling in love with Bard. I really could not decide on a college and I saw Bard, I saw Tivoli and then thus became my love affair with the Hudson Valley. When I got to Bard, I started feeling a little claustrophobic on campus and I wanted to figure out how I could start meeting people in the community. And I became a part of this program called Harvesting Justice. The whole idea was introducing Bard students to local farms with social justice goals. I did that for a few years and I also participated on some campaigning and canvassing for Democratic congressional candidates. And then I ended up moving to Tivoli my junior year at Bard and working at Tivoli General, which I enjoyed because you get to know the community. I don't really know if I fit into the whole notion and idea of a local, and I don't really care. I just know that I love living here. <laughs> Sarah, what's your favorite place in the Hudson Valley? I'd say my anchor is Golden Walk in Red Hook. The restaurant? Yes. Best takeout, best Chinese takeout. What do you get? Why? Which dish? I get it because I love Gigi. She's the owner. I'd say the house special chow ho fun is worth the splurge. I love sausage fried rice, spicy level three. There are so many great dishes and I haven't ate everything on the menu yet, but maybe that can be a project for me. I love it. Maybe that'll be my podcast. All the dishes of Golden Walk. Yes. <laughs> So what do you want to tell all my listeners about the Container House? I would love everybody to know that if you have an idea and you are passionate about something and want to expose it in some way and promote it in some way, whether it's food or your art, or you have thought about putting together a writing retreat for years, we are open to all ideas and you can email us at hi at the container house in tivolyny.com great thanks for listening to city it best regional podcast in the 2021 chronogrammies brace yourself 2022 voting is coming in the meantime, check out the new cityit.com website. The shop is now in one place, and I'm starting to put up resources for all around the Hudson Valley. And most importantly, please add your email to the Cityit newsletter. I'll be sharing the house manager template from Kimberly Dykeman mentioned last episode, as well as news of the Cityit theme song, which is hitting the airwaves soon. It's hilarious. I'm Matt Zucker, lighting a fire in the living room and turning up the heat on our new mini splits that we put in just in time for winter. They certainly work. Looking out the window, though, it's amazing how far you can see with leaves gone from the trees. I can see the sheep next door, which is mesmerizing. Winter always amazes me. Come visit. Come visit.